Hello, you're listening to the opening statement with Joe Shannon. Who am I? I'm going on my 30th year of marriage to my lovely wife, Michelle. I'm a father of six, a lawyer, a big fan of St. Joan of Arc Parish and School, University of Illinois, Marquette, University of Portland, University of Notre Dame, and an amateur coach. But I'm also a business owner and entrepreneur. On this podcast, I sit down with interesting people and business professionals across the nation who are making a big impact in their communities. I want to find out how they got started and what we can learn from them. I hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe and share your thoughts by leaving a review. We're joined today by Dan Iverson, the head cross-country coach at Naperville North High School. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting here uh, overlooking a nice pond here in suburban Chicago, and I'm thinking back to uh, all of the years that my girls ran cross-country and track for you at Naperville North and how lucky we were to have that relationship. Um, How are things going here in 2020 for Naperville North Girls Cross Country? Well, 2020, uh, um, you know, we, we, uh, back in the fall in 19, we, we, uh, won our fourth straight state championship. So that's, um, been good. Uh, so, you know, now obviously we're, uh, uh, in a bit of a weird position right now, looking forward to the, the fall of 2020 and then seeing if we even get a track season at all this, uh, this spring. So a lot in limbo at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, th- yeah, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, I used to be a runner a long, long, long time ago. And in oh, high yeah. school in um, 1980, I was a junior in high school and um, Mount St. Helens blew up about 70 miles from where my house was. And so um, it was it was May 18th. And of uh, 1980, it was it was um, about nine o'clock in the morning, and it got pitch black. So the world changed on that day because um, I don't think that the lower 48 had had a uh, volcano explosion in a really long time. So right. it was very interesting to see how we we made it through our our uh, cross country, or I'm sorry, our track season then and. You know, I see some parallels now with this sure. whole thing um, with, uh, you know, this coronavirus and stay at home um, type thing. How, how are you working with your runners right now uh, with respect to them staying in shape while this is all going on? Well, um, you know, we're uh, kind of tweaking it daily almost. Um, but I, I will say before I go to, into that, uh, I actually uh, was out in Portland um to watch St. Mount St. Helens erupt, uh, then as well. And, uh, um, I didn't, see, I wasn't there for the, the first one, but I, I saw uh, some of the subsequent eruptions as I went out to visit, uh, r- uh, relatives in, in Portland. Um, so that was a pretty incredible thing to, to, to see the ash. And, and, uh, so I see what you mean by the, the parallels. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that was pretty surreal as well. Yeah, it so. was, it was absolutely crazy. I was, uh, it was um it was pitch black at nine o'clock in the morning and, and we a lot of you know a lot of us were really struck because um 
it it was something completely unexpected. Kind of like you know the way this virus has hit us. But right. um, you know, it, you know, one of the things that you know, that came out of it was an unbelievable um, boon to the agricultural economy because I guess this ash that came down, you know, had a, had a lot of really good things for the soil and ended up, you know, working mm-hmm. out good for the, the the farmers down the road. But boy, I tell you, on May eighteenth, nineteen eighty, I I it was a kind of an interesting moment for me to 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 see how this we, we used to train. For the next couple of weeks, we used to run through our the halls of our school. Um, right. So we wouldn't go outside because people couldn't go really go outside, you know, without masks on, etc. But uh, I digress um, from that. But yeah. I, I wanted to yeah. talk to you. You know, I in preparation for this interview, I I did a little background um, mm. yeah, on where you've come from. But maybe you could um, let our listeners know you know, some of your background in your own words, like where, where were you born? Where'd you grow up and how'd you end up in Naperville? Well, my, my family's actually from Minnesota, but uh, I actually have never lived there. <laughs> um, so both sides of the family are from there. Um, and uh, uh, now I have branches of the family, uh, both in Minnesota and Oregon, but I've never lived either place. My, my parents moved um, when they were pregnant with me out East uh, so I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and then moved around the Northeast until they moved back to the Midwest, back to Illinois, uh, or to Illinois, back to, um, uh, and finally settled. Uh, my dad was a doctor um, and um, set up a practice in Macomb, Illinois. So a kind of a random set of circumstances that led us to a, a rural environment um, down by Western Illinois University. Um, in Macomb. And so I, I lived there. That's really my hometown. I mean, I lived, uh, in spite of where my family is from, um, uh, I lived from kindergarten until high school in Macomb. And so, um, uh, and started running then, uh, kind of bumped around sports, but, but ended up running by junior high and kind of was hooked. And, um, that ended up driving a lot of my college decision. Actually, I was knew I wanted to teach history and political science, um, which is what I wanted to major in. Um, but eventually, found a home at North Central College in Naperville. So, that's so kinda let's, where, let's yeah. back up a little bit here. Let's back sure. up. So, so yep. in, you're you're in high school and you're in mm-hmm. Macomb. Yep. And um, and so um, when you're there, what type of races were you running back then? Uh, I was a I, I was a, a distance runner, a pure distance runner. I mean, cross country was um, probably my favorite, but I was a miler and two. Well, actually, um, uh, there were lots of meets where I would run um, all three of the longer events: the eight hundred, the mile, and the two mile. Uh, even at, at like a conference meet, it was a relatively small school in a relatively small conference, and so I could get away with that sort of thing um, then. But but that was pretty common um, for me to run those those sorts of events. And what made what made you decide to go all the way, you know, east to North Central College? Well, I, you know, I, I think uh, like a lot of runners, um, the um, uh, I wanted to go to I wanted to go to Division One. I. I was a, a pretty good runner, <laughs> um, I, not as good as I thought I was, probably, but at the same time, um, well, definitely not as good as I thought I was. I mean, I. Um, uh, I was looking at Division One colleges, and um, and um, you know, getting lukewarm receptions at best. Um, 
And uh, I was set to go to either Kansas State University or, or University of Minnesota. Um, and, um, you know, and then I, nothing worked out real, well for me in, in high school. I was a, um, I think what most people would have called me a, a pretty massive head case. I, I was a very good runner with the potential to qualify for state. We didn't have a team that could qualify for state, but I, um, uh, I, um, I try, I, every time we got to a sectional meet, the state qualifying meet, um, I ran my worst race of the year. I just could not put it together on the big days. And I'm pretty sure my coach was pretty frustrated with that, but it also precluded any sense that I could possibly go to a division one college. Um, cause I never really made it to a state meet. And so, um, my dad, who was, like I said, was a doctor, his, one of his partners, he and his wife had both gone to North central college and had been since I was in junior high telling, telling me, Hey, you know, we went to a school that has a great running program. Uh, you should check it out. And I had never heard of Naperville, um, nor had I heard of North central college. And that didn't register as an option for me until I didn't qualify for state my senior year. And then I thought, you know what, I, I maybe I need to think, think this through again and, uh, visited North central and, um, I, to call that moment transformative, um, uh, and meeting the coach at North central, uh, would probably be an understatement. Um, certainly my, my decision to go there was a, a big part of, of who I am today. So let, let's, let's talk about that. So, um, you know, we here in the Naperville area are certainly proud of North central, uh, for a number of reasons. I, you know, I happen to think mm-hmm. that, uh, it's a great school, um, a great, and it produces a lot of great teachers like yourself, um, and educators. Um, but as far as, uh, a cross country program, I don't really know any division one, two or three programs that equal what Al Carius has put together. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Al Carius and how it transformed this head case from, uh, Macomb into the type of guy you are now. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, um, you know, it started the first time I met him. I mean, it didn't take more than five minutes into the conversation to know that North central was where I needed to be, um, as an athlete. And, um, you know, cause I, again, like I said, I had come from a lot of disappointment and, and North central was definitely a fallback for me because I, of what I did just mentioned, but, um, I sat down and, and, um, you know, there was this sense with Al that, that, um, you know, they, they, if you wanted to, you know, to go to a place where you were going to be supported and loved and, um, and that you were going to have a chance to, to, to be the best you possibly could be that North central was the place, uh, to do that. And, and he made that clear, not, you know, it's one of those things where, um, what's the quote people, you know, may forget what you tell them, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And, uh, that was really true with, with Al. Um, and it still is true with Al that, that, um, um, he just has this way of of making you feel like, um, you know that that uh, you know that you have a potential that's relatively unlimited, um, and that no matter who you are, you are an incredibly important person, uh, and that kind of became a foundational element of of how I ended up trying to build a program at Naperville North. Um, but it certainly it certainly was something that that um, took some pressure off of me. I mean, as a um, I, I knew that I had a partner in this as a coach and not that I didn't have a great guy as a high school coach. I mean, I did, my high school coach was a really great guy. Um, but there was just something different about Al in, in a way that, um, that he was able to, uh, 
to walk with me and to to allow me to enjoy successes, but then to to walk with me through you know the failures along the way. Um, it, it, having that there was a huge weight off of my uh, that, that I couldn't shake in high school, but it took me about three years of college to figure finally figure it out. Um, yeah, so I, I was looking through um, some of your background and and. Um, I know you're a pretty modest guy, but you ended up being an All-American in the steeplechase, didn't you? Uh, that's true. Yes, I was an All-American uh, my senior year. That's great. And so, then um, you worked and you you ran on some cross-country teams as the, as well. Right, I was in the top seven. I actually was was in the top seven for two national championships my junior and senior year, um, and then uh, we won the national championship my in um, um, in my senior year of track as well when I was an All-American. Um, all of those are, are tremendous memories uh, for me to, to be a part of three national championships at North Central College um, was just amazing. Yeah, you know, when I, when I talk to um, every now and then I'll talk to athletes, um, high school athletes. And, you know, you know, I don't know whether it's solicited or not, but I, when I when I talk to them, um, I talk to them about the different experiences that they can get. Um, you know, competing, uh, for a program and, you know, um, your story is a great one because it, it really, um, as you know, we're going to be doing our jobs, our, our day jobs for the rest of our lives. Uh, you, you may compete for four years and maybe a little bit afterwards, but, um, I always say, go to the place that's going to help you prepare your, yourself for, you know, the rest of your life is either an educator like you or um, administrator like you, you somewhat are now with uh, being the head of the uh, teachers union or, uh, you know, that type of thing. So I, to me, to me, that's kind of my, my thought with these folks. And I know you deal with these, these kids all the time. What type of advice would you give to uh, maybe somebody listening? That's a, a really good high school athlete with respect to uh, selecting the, the type of college experience they want. Well, I tell you what, I mean, the best advice I got um, that ultimately ended up, you know, even getting me to consider North Central um, was, um, you know, to try to conceive of what you think that the ideal place for yourself will be on, on a number of levels, size, academic possibilities, you know, any extracurriculars that you're looking for. Um, and then and then think about what you can do without. Um because there's really, I mean, it's, it's so difficult to pick, um, you know, uh, without experiencing it to pick, pick a place that, uh, is the perfect place for you. And so you ultimately have to, to decide, um, you know, what are the things that you really want in school? Can you be okay not having? And, um, and then begin to, to look that way because in North Central for me, um, I, I didn't look at any. Northern was the only college I looked at that was not a very large university. I mean, I really had thought I wanted that. And even in retrospect, I probably would have liked that to have had a much larger university. Um, but ultimately, it was something that I decided I could do without. And it made all the difference. Um, you know, trying not to look for perfection is probably a good um, a good way to do that. I mean, there's, there's um, a lot of good places out there. And um, the perfect one is just a hard one. It's a hard standard to, <laughs> to aspire to. Um, and so again, what, what, what you can do without, I think is probably the best advice, certainly the best advice I got. It's, it's a, the advice I give to a lot of kids uh, over the last 26 years. 
That's great. So um, if you could break it down, I know, you know, I know this is going to be this. There's so much stuff we can cover with you on your very, very interesting life. Um, but I, what could you tell uh, us about what you learned from Al Carius in that whole North Central program that uh, that helped you shape into the powerhouse high school program that you put together at Neighborville North Girls Cross Country? Well, I think what it, um, you know, it, it, um, it, it boils down to, to the mission statement of, of Neighborville North Cross Country, or I'm sorry, not Neighborville North Cross Country, North Central College Cross Country, um, which is run for fun and personal bests. And um, that just sounds so simple. It sounds, uh, you know, like a ridiculous statement as a kind of a meaning for life sort of a thing. But at the same time, um, what I learned at North Central was that um, being your best was part of a process um, that uh, that you had to commit to, uh, and it had to be a fulfilling process for you. I mean, run for fun and personal best is, a, I mean, it really covers, I don't think I've ever heard it put any better than that. I mean, I try to do it in my program without plagiarizing him. And, uh, you know, it, it uh, I, I haven't been able to do any better than run for fun and personal best. I mean, the process has to be enjoyable. It has to be something that you truly enjoy doing on a regular basis. Um, and, um, you know, it, and it has to be something that, that is personal to everybody that, that the slowest runner on the team can still get some significant benefit from it because that person is, um, also seeking a personal best, uh, the fastest runner and the slowest runner on the team uh, each have a reason to be there and an equal reason to be there because they're working for, um, you know, a process that is both fulfilling and will yield them, uh, the best that they're possible of, of, you know, best that they're capable of becoming, um, you know, too often. And I, I guess the, the, the distinction is, um, you know, we, we define success by whether or not you win and, um, you know, and that, and when winning is, is generally defined as obviously finishing first. And, um, one of the things I think wouldn't run for fun and personal best explains is that really that I mean, winning is not necessarily part of the equation. And over time, and I've done research and read books and, and, you know, now that there's actual research to back that up, that, um, uh, Boston university years ago did a, a fascinating, uh, uh, study of perennially successful high school athletic programs. And they wanted to know, I mean, across all sports, want to know what, what characteristics makes a, a high school or high school uh, athletic program perennially successful. And what they found was that um, the commonality was that every perennially successful high school athletic program, um, every kid in the program, freshman through senior, could tell you, could articulate pretty clearly why they were there. And it was the same throughout the program. And it was never about winning that it was always about the fulfillment of their human potential. And um, when a program understands that and when they're bought into that from top to bottom, um, freshman through senior, generally good things happen. And that was what my first, I mean, I think that was the, the why I was such a head case in, in, high, in high school because um, all I could think about was whether or not I was going to finish um, in, in, you know, a good enough place to qualify or, or, um, you know, win a race or beat this person or that person. And that's a hard thing to do because of course, I mean, you can't control other people. You can't play defense and, and running, 
And so the only thing you really can do that matters at all is to control yourself. And um, ultimately, that idea that this is a, a matter of a process of, of bringing out the very best in me and being part of a culture that built on that where everybody is trying to do that and everybody's helping each other do that. Um, there's just no downside to that. And, and really, that's um, what I took from North Central uh, and it made it part of my life. That's great. So um, when did you start uh, being the, the cross-country coach at Naval North? Uh, I, I took, well, see, I, I started teaching at North in the fall of 1994, right after graduating. I was the head track coach right away, which is a bad idea <laughs> to make a, <laughs> a, 20, a 23-year-old a head track coach. I did not realize that at the time, but um, that is not uh, not a good idea for someone just out of high school. I had, I had a lot to learn. Um, but um, uh, but I was assistant cross-country that first fall and the second fall, so 1994-95. But then in 96, um, the, the coach that I had assisted for um, – Took a different job, and I was the I became the head coach for girls cross country in '96. Um, okay, so yeah. let, let's go back to there. Okay, so it's yep. 1996. Yep, it's 2020 now. I just mm -hmm. want to give the listeners a little bit of a background on where we come from. Then, uh, your first state championship, uh, number one win was in 2001, right? We won. Yes, we won in 2001. Correct. Yep. Okay, so then as when I did the little background here, I see that you have been the head coach for nine state cross-country championships in girls cross-country at the highest level in Naperville. Is that true? That's true, yes. Yep. And there's 10 uh, – there was a guy named Marty B. that coached uh, mm -hmm. coached a team earlier uh, back in the early 90s, but you've had nine, and I counted yep. that since you – since 2001 – 14 of the last 19 years, your team has been on the podium, first, second, or third, and you guys, you've won nine, uh, and there's been a bunch of seconds and thirds, but you've had four state championships in a row. Isn't that right? That's, yeah, that, that sounds all correct. Yep. Yep. So let, let's go back to 1996. So mm -hmm. if there's a, if there's a cross country, program and the, the one thing I, I really do like about uh cross country is that uh it seems to me like a lot of the folks that are in it are sharing information and sharing in fact you have a website for your mm -hmm. Naval North girls cross country mm -hmm. team that you post all of the stuff publicly so um it doesn't seem like you're a group that is exclusive on information and basically hoarding information you kind of want people, other programs to rise as well. Yep. So I, I, I really, I, that's why I kind of like the whole running group. Um, when I first moved to Naperville back in, um, I, I was recently married and, and my wife and I moved to Naperville in 92, 93. I ended up, um, joining a uh, group that would run on Sunday mornings uh, right by North Central. And there was, I couldn't believe it. there was like about 80 people there on a Sunday morning and just running. I don't, I don't know if they're still doing that today, but back well, then they maybe were. Maybe not right this second, and, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I met a, a, you know, I met a bunch of people when I first moved here and I really liked the vibe of Naperville at that point. It ended up um, sending my, my top three girls, uh, my oldest three girls, um, Emma, Claire, and Kate, to Naperville North. 
that's how our our paths crossed, uh, Dan. Right. But, but yep. um, one of the things that that if uh, if there's a, a, a cross country coach that's starting a program back like you did in 1996, tell me how you went from 1996 to a state championship in 2001. Well, we the 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 things you know I, I heard a, a sermon at church one year one time um, that. Um, the two things you really need to to make progress are are uh, memory and hope, <laughs> um, and and you know I think the the context was a little bit different when the uh, pastor was talking about it, but at the same time, uh, it's always stuck with me um, in terms of of what we're talking about here is building progress, and and you have to have um, you have to have hope uh, for something better than where you're at right now. And, and that hope has to be fueled by some degree of memory of, of, um, that being present at some point in the past. Um, and if, if one of the two are, are absent, then you have a real problem. Um, and so what I had in, in 96 was a situation where, um, we had, Naperville North Cross Country was relatively new to the scene. I mean, it had never qualified out of regionals, which is the first step to, to state, regional sectional state, never qualified out of regionals until 1990, um, 1990. And um, then in 1991, it got uh, five, uh, four freshmen and a junior, yeah, um, who were amazing. I mean, they went from never having qualified out of regionals to being ranked as the top team in the state. Um, and this is when I was in Northside. I wasn't really conscious of this too much. Um, but that group had placed in the top fifth and sixth at state or something like that um, in 91 and 92. But then in 93, they won. And that was my senior year of, at North Central. And when I, my first year of coaching was that group's that, – that, Fab Four freshman group, um, as they were kind of called at the time, that was their senior year. So I got to know them and coach them as an assistant, basically for for the senior year. Um, but when they left, that was a, a jarring thing for the program because it's a program that didn't have a lot of history to it, um, and it was coming off of a state championship when those kids were juniors and they were third as seniors in '94. And so you know the memory was still fresh. Um, and the hope was still there in 95 and in 96. Um, but the danger was that we would, you know, that, that we were every year we were losing a group of people who would remember being, a, you know, uh, on the podium at state. And then we were gaining people who'd never, never known that. And so, um, you know, the, one of the big moments to me, uh, as, as I was trying to struggle to sort of, and I didn't know I was struggling for this at the time, but, but trying to, 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 um, keep alive the hope um, from the memory of what we'd done in the past. Um, uh, one of the things that that happened, one of the things we we did right away, is to uh, institute a, a camping trip at the beginning of the year, where we would go away and and uh, work together on our common direction and that sort of a thing. But it wasn't until 1998 where where finally uh, we were around the campfire, and one of the captains asked me, "This was a person who had not been part of any of those." Um, or the state championship, certainly, um, asked what I thought they could do. And normally I don't answer that question because I want it to come from the girls. But that year I did. And I said, you know what? I think you guys can earn a trophy. And I wasn't sure we could, but I thought maybe. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, 
And, and you could almost see them thinking about it for a little bit. And then the light bulb kind of went off and, and, and they kind of set about it. And it was a kind of a cool moment um, around that campfire to see what that group accomplished because that group ended up going undefeated through the regular season and did not lose until the state meet when we were second. And, um, and that's not a team that, that started the season particularly, um, uh, particularly on fire to, to be, you know, one of the top teams in the state. Um, but somehow, um, we were able to create that kind of memory and hope combination. And then we haven't lost it. I mean, it's one of the things that I've, I've tried, you know, I wanted to see, I wanted to see every person that goes through Naperville North cross country to be able to be a chance to, to get their picture taken with a state trophy of some kind. Um, and we've done that since 1998, nobody has graduated Naperville North cross country without at least one year being a part of a team that has earned a, a championship or earned a, a, um, a trophy. And I think that's a big part of, um, is setting an expectation that, um, you know, that once, once they look around and realize that the person who graduated a year ahead of them was able to, to work hard and, and to contribute to a state championship, the, the sense is that they can too. And, um, and I think that's a really powerful thing, this idea that, um, you know, that because of, of what the people have done, like your daughters um, and, um, and the people who ran with them um, inspired the people who came behind them and who inspired the and people that came behind them and who are on the team now, you know. And so uh, we've got a whole, lot of, a whole lot of people who are inspired by the people that, that um, work their rear ends off um, to try to become a little bit better. And holy smokes, you know, I mean, you, you get um, people with who, who would have considered themselves relatively ordinarily talented people um, contributing to something really extra special when they really believe that, um, you know, that combination of memory and hope are a real powerful combination together. Now, the, the, me- the, the mental side of the memory and hope, I, um, I really like that. I, I really like that because, um, you know, you, you talked about that you guys going away for a camping trip back way back when. Has that continued up until now? Yep. In fact, we almost have. There's, there's, I, I will tell people because I occasionally I'll get into contact, you know, via Facebook or some other way, or I'll just run into a alum. So, you know, sometimes they've got kids now and, and uh, that sort of a thing. But, um, some of the, the traditions that we started in 1996 uh, are still traditions today. <laughs> um, you know, and so it, it's changed. It's evolved some, obviously, but some of the games we play, some of the uh, the activities that we do, some of the food that we eat um, is the stuff of lore that, that uh, you know, is, is 24 years old or so, whatever the camping trip is. So that's kind of a cool aspect of this, I think, is that um, the camping trip has become a role tradition traditional part that that um athletes who are um you know 14 years old and a freshman and a 40 year old um mother um can talk about as part of the program now let's let's move on to um you know i i I typically have these go for a half hour but would you mind if we went for another 15 minutes or so no that's fine i've got time yeah great so um one of the things that um I remember as a runner being a long time ago is the, um, the mental aspect, which I, you know, is, is a big part, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I do believe that, that you have to, in your mind, have a goal and that you do in your mind have to have 
some sort of uh, you know belief system where you can do it. But but the, the other part of it is the physical aspect of it, which is uh, you know obviously with running, it's probably one of the e- you know easiest to understand sports is that they all start on one line and then they all run and then whoever finishes first you know wins. Um, right. How do how do you um, what type when when you first started up until now has your your training techniques uh changed over the years oh yes yeah very much i mean <coughs> excuse me yeah i'm far more well versed scientifically than than i was uh 20 25 years ago um and so i feel a little bit more confident with regard to being able to tailor training to where a, a an athlete is and where they want to be um i think i kind of was I think most young coaches um, train the way they ran, <laughs> and that's kind of what I did for a while. And and, and there wasn't a—I mean, it wasn't like I did a lot of really stupid stuff. It just um, <laughs> you know you, you learn and you 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 realize that that uh, you know maybe there's better ways to do stuff. And and so um, you know, and every year I change something a little bit uh, as I read more and I learn more. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I pay very close attention to, to what, you know, what's coming out, what people are talking about, um, you know, what, what the latest research says, both psychologically and physiologically. Um, and so we adapt, but, but yeah, so my, my, the, the camping trip is pretty similar <laughs> to what it, what it was back when, um, you know, in 96, 97, 98. Uh, but my training is definitely, um, it, it's different. Um, you know, there are a few things probably are held over um, some of the basic underlying, you know, idea that, you, you know, to get to get good, you have to run a lot, which is still true. But um, how how fast, how much um, exactly what the workouts are definitely have evolved. Good. Yeah, I, I'll have to have you on a different time to talk about um, one thing that I've that I've always been fascinated with, which is how to um, how to get your athletes uh, in a position to have a peak performance at important meets. Um, and we'll, sure. we'll cover that later, but, but sure. some of the things I want to talk to you about, um, or outside of running, um, is, um, if you could tell, um, us, you know, I already told us one of the defining moments was when you sat down with Al Carius, um, sure. when you're looking for college, are there any other defining moments? I, I know that you probably had a hundred of them, uh, and you and you will have a hundred more as, as time goes on because you're a young man. But are there any defining moments that, that in your personal life that uh, you'd like to share? Well, let's see. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot that um, I mean, you know, again, you, you've hit one really big one, um, you know, as far as as far as that goes. But I guess my, you know, if it, you consider my evolution, you know, one of the things uh, that as I evolved for myself from, um, again, what I think people would call a head case <laughs> um, to someone who actually got pretty good at running well when the chips were down. Um, you know, I, I do remember um, warming up for nationals my senior year and um, having this sort of feeling like, um, I don't know, I mean, it was a, it was a, a moment where a moment of clarity, I guess. Um, where all I had wanted to do for my freshman year was be all American. And I was down to my last shot. 
I mean, this was, I was close. <laughs> I was close in, in, in cross country. I was 34th and they took the top 25. Uh, so I missed it by uh, maybe 10, 15, 10, 12 seconds, something like that. Um, so I was kind of close, um, but this was my last shot. And it was a time when in high school, I would have been completely frozen up and freaked out about that. But, um, but the, the clarity that I felt um, warming up for that, I, I, I feel it like it was yesterday. I mean, it, um, it just occurred to me that I had dotted every I and crossed every T and um, I would be okay. You know, that, um, um, you know, and part of that's probably faith um, at some level, um, taking control that way. Um, but I knew I had, I knew I had worked as hard as I possibly could work. Um, I had done everything I could do, which I always had done anyway, but it was, it was a consciousness of that. And I, um, no, I, did, I wasn't worried. And, and the lack of worry, the ability to go to the line, not worried about where I was going to finish it is run. Um, I ran so fast that day that I, I, I lost track of my splits because I was, I was, um, running, I'd never heard splits that fast. And so I, I was disoriented, um, um <laughs> you know, and so it, it, but that feeling, I mean, it was unbelievable how good that felt. And, um, <laughs> I ended up tripping and falling over the last hurdle. Um, and so my time wasn't quite as good as, as what I was running prior to that. Uh, but I was able to get up and, and sneak out the last all American spot that day. But, um, but I, I still share that with, with kids because, um, that's really what I think a kid should aspire to is that place where they're not worried that, that, yeah, they have a, a, something they, they really, 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 really work hard for, but that when a push comes to shove, when they get to a, a big meet that they can just put it aside and just trust that they've done what they need to do and let happen what's going to happen. I mean, and. I mean, you can look at Hatney falling that day and have it be, you know, a, a defeat. I mean, I could have run maybe five, six, seven seconds seconds faster, but um, you know, it was still a personal test for me. Um, I was all American; it was great. But even if I hadn't gotten all American, I only held off the guy by like nine hundredths of a second. Um, uh, I still, I think, would have felt pretty darn good about it because I had given everything I could have, could have, could have given. Uh, I just ran out of gas and hit the last hurdle. Um, that's all that's awesome story i love that story did did um did you um at the end of that of your career of doing that um that must have been something for your folks to see and and uh you know just to to see your transformation over that four years in college and and how you know how you you become a, a more confident person after four years of college yeah they felt yeah my parents i think well i have the video of it my <laughs> my mom was, <laughs> my mom was uh yeah <laughs> that was pretty cool That's great. yeah but uh okay, so yeah let me let's move on to yeah. give me a defining moment in your um you know a lot of people assume that hey you know listen this 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 guy's coached nine state championships and all that type of stuff mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going to point to one of those. But, you know, I've been surprised. I, I, I asked a lot of folks what their defining, mo you know, some of their defining moments. And uh, they surprised me for professionally. Uh, you've, you've been a, uh, uh, you know, a teacher and, and an educator and, and uh, Sunday school teacher and all those right. types of things. But you've also been a coach. Um, right. Tell me some, tell me a, a defining moment um, in your professional career. 
Uh, defining moment of my professional career, I I, um, I spent um, one of my favorite professors in college uh, was a um, uh, political science professor at North Central, um, and he was a son of Holocaust survivors and ta- taught a course in the Holocaust. And um, I uh, took that course, and and that course to me was transformative um, in terms of a, of a mission. Uh, in terms of how important it was to learn um, what causes tragic events like the Holocaust and and what we as as present day Americans, human beings, um, can do to to try to ensure that that, that those, those things don't continue to happen. And um, and that really has driven a lot of of uh, what I do professionally. I mean, I uh, my second or third year as a um, as a teacher, I, I sponsored an event where we brought in about like 20, 20 plus survivors to North and, and divided up the entire po- uh, population of, of students uh, so they could hear uh, Holocaust survivors and uh, have since developed a class on genocide um, and and how we address it or, or sometimes fail to address it. Um, and uh, so I, I think that that it, it probably has been both that class and my experience um, learning and, and meeting and getting to know uh, personally uh, survivors of the Holocaust that has driven, again, not just the desire to teach the Holocaust generally, but also a desire to teach government, uh, desire to teach responsible citizenship. Um, and so I think that that, it, um, to me, I mean, even even my work now as a union president is, um, you know, um, motivated in many ways to um, you know, helping to create a, a, a more humane, um, uh, human, uh, I guess, educational system. That's great. So one of the things that, to, to close off this interview, and hopefully you'll, we'll be able to talk again. Um, sure. Because uh, you've got a lot to share. You got a lot, I think a lot of people can learn a lot from, you know, making the most out of their life. Um, but one of the things that, that, uh, Sometimes I, I think about is um, the, the optimism of folks um, in our country. And I know that um, I work with a number of young people um, at our law firm and, and I, I meet a lot of young people and I am ab- absolutely floored by the quality and, 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 uh, and, you know, what I think is the future of the country. Um, tell me about what you think. Um, do you have an optimism for the future uh, in the U.S.? I mean, being a history teacher and a government teacher, what, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Oh boy, um, yeah, I vacillate on that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I um, yeah, I mean, of course, I have hope. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I would never consider myself a, a existential pessimist as far as that goes, but. Um, but at the same time, I also, um, you know, I, I, uh, I read through, you know, Facebook posts and, and those sorts of things. And, um, you know, the, the level of our discourse and dialogue, I have some real concern about, and, um, I think we don't particularly disagree with ourselves very well, I think. Um, and, and I think that that could cause, um, harm to us going forward. And I think that that, um, is one area where, 
um, where I'm, I'm a little less optimistic, I guess, is, is in our ability to, um, to say, I disagree with you and still be able to love one another and to, um, and to work together for, for positive good. Cause right now it seems like when we disagree with one another, it, it, there's no possible way that, that, um, you know, <laughs> to, to find common ground. And I think that is, um, an incredibly damaging, um, phenomenon. And I think it's a relatively recent phenomenon and, um, and certainly even seeing it right now with, you know, um, you know, various takes on what happened with the Senate stimulus bill and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, I, these are not things that can, you know, that are impossible to overcome. I just, I, um, <laughs> um, we have to get better at, at, um, you know, making sure that we, we can process good information and do it in a way that's productive. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, one of the things that, that, um, that I, uh, think about, um, is, um, is that the, the way to, to, um, make a difference in the world is to start locally and, um, uh, to think less about the macro and more about the micro and to start with our neighbors um, and whether we agree or disagree with them politically, et cetera, everybody is a human being and everybody is in, you know, in, in, in my worldview created by God and, and right. is important. Right. And, and I, I, I tell you, I, um, I'm really, uh, happy that my uh, two of my daughters got a got to uh, the chance to be coached by by you and your program, and I think they took lifelong lessons from that. And I think you're doing your part, working locally here at, at our schools and in our community. And I really appreciate that. And I I have hope for the future with respect to when I when I'm in our community, which is you know in West Suburban Chicago. Right. I think we we've got a, just a great group of people that cares about our neighbors, and um, that's that's a really good thing. But I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I know you've got a, a lot of business ahead of you today, and taking the time to uh, to do this. I one we'll close it with this. Um, I understand that that you're giving this interview and you are a bald man. I am. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> yes. And um, so uh, one of the things that, that I always got a kick yeah. at, if you go to if you go to Facebook and and uh, you look at some of uh, uh, Dan Iverson, people call him Mr. Iverson, yeah. uh, Mr. Iverson's posts, it, you'll see him uh, every year he ends up getting uh shaved down to 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 a bald man for St. Baldrick's Society. Right. Can you tell the the listeners what that's all about? Yeah, it's uh I mean, St. Baldrick's Foundation is a is a fantastic foundation that uh that uh, is dedicated to fighting childhood cancers through funding research into various childhood cancers and it's a it's a great organization. It's it's gives virtually all the money that you give to it goes straight to to funding research into childhood cancers and uh, North and I've been up until this year, I have run North's, um, uh, event this year. I just participated. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, volunteers vol sign up, sh shave their head and, um, raise money, um, for, for the foundation. And, and every year I've, um, allowed my top fundraising class to do a day ahead of time, whatever they wanted with my hair. Um, so they could sh sh shave it, <laughs> color it, uh, as long as there was, you know, nothing dirty or anything, but, uh, um, 
you know, and, and uh, so I would have to wear it that day. And a lot of times we had a meet, so I would have to coach with my hair all multicolored and um, funky shaved and that sort of a thing. But uh, this year, obviously, was a little different. So the, the uh, it was just my the freshmen in track uh, earned the most money this year. So they uh, got to, to pick what they did, what was done to my hair. But my daughter ended up doing it because, of course, we're all at, at stay at home right now. So, uh, so yeah, that happened last week and now I'm just bald. So, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, I, I hope that the hair grows back quickly yes. and, uh, but thank you so much for joining us today. It's a fascinating interview. All the, all, every time I talk to you, I, I'm, I'm very interested. And then maybe we'll talk about some, some of your favorite books next time. we at, talk. Anytime. Okay? Joe is great to talk to you and say hello to, to, to the, uh, the daughters too. Emily, Emily and Kate, for sure. I, uh, uh, miss having them around. All right, take care. All right, now. take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the opening statement. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, you can email me at joseph at shannonlawgroup.com. Please subscribe and review if you enjoyed the show. I'll see you on the next episode.